Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, Ken, did you know that gold is the only currency that's held its value since the dawn of money? Well, I did. Thanks to our friends at Legacy Precious Metals, the most trusted name in gold investing. Investing in gold protects you against inflation and gives you a hedge against stock market volatility. Don't leave your retirement to chance. Call Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or download your free investor's guide now at buylegacygold.com. That's buylegacygold.com. This week at Safeway, enjoy big savings with the BOGO sale, where select items throughout the store are buy one, get one free. With this week's BOGO sale, get select meats like Signature Farms 90% lean ground beef or boneless skinless chicken breasts or thighs, buy one, get one free. Plus, select fresh produce items like one-pound containers of sweet strawberries or containers of blueberries or buy one, get one free. Safeway, come in and explore and see what other deals you can find. I've been following this Elon Musk thing with Twitter uh, since the beginning. Uh, I'm fascinated by Elon Musk because I, I think he's such a weird, uh, trippy character. And there are times that I just think, that man's brilliant. And there are times that I just think, what a jackass. And uh, the Twitter purchase, I have to tell you, I thought uh, more like jackass. I did. I thought uh, the, that these guys, that he's, he's, he's buying it because he wants to be able to use it to promote his own stuff. Or maybe he just wants a big toy. I'm not really sure. Our ABC News correspondent is Alex Stone and uh, A. Stone. Always good to hear from you there, my friend. Um, does Elon Musk really want Twitter? You know, nobody knows, Chris. And we don't know what this really is right now. That He tweeted out this morning that, that the deal was on hold, then tweeted out that it was still on, that, that he was uh, that dedicated to it, that he was committed to it. Um, but that he wants to know how many bots are really on Twitter. And, and this has been something that even long before he was talking about buying Twitter, he has been talking about the bots on Twitter. And they, you know, whether it be Russian bots or the, the bots that track his airplane everywhere he goes that are constantly putting out where he is, 
he's been mad at that, hasn't been able to stop that. He's tried to pay off the, the kid who came up with that bot. Uh, but he wants to know how many fake accounts, spam bots are on Twitter. Twitter has said in its regulatory filings that it's eh, 4 or 5% maybe not real accounts, not real people. But Musk is, is indicating that he believes probably higher than that uh, of those who are, are not real. So he's been pretty obsessed with it. Uh, this week he was asked to, uh, during a forum with the Financial Times, so you're going to buy Twitter, and he immediately talked about bots. It needs to really get rid of the, the, the bots and the, the scams and spammers and anyone trying to uh, create sort of fake influence on the side by whereas one person or one entity operating 100,000 accounts. So is he going to bail because of that? We don't know. Uh, analysts are saying at this point he is deep enough into this deal, uh, $44 billion, that to get out of it, it would be about a billion dollars that, that he would have to pay unless he can prove that Twitter has been knowingly lying to the world and that, that it has not been truthful about knowing how many of its users are real humans and those that, that aren't. Um, and he says this is not a done deal yet. And, in fact, earlier today, the CEO of Twitter tweeted out that they plan on, to the effect of, they plan on this going forward, but they have to plan on all contingencies, uh, not knowing what's going to go on. And, and Musk pretty much said that this week with the Financial Times of, hey, we're not there yet. I mean, I think there's still a lot of things that need to get done before this deal concludes. Obviously, there's not yet even been a shareholder vote. Um, and, and Twitter has not yet filed the, the proxy for a shareholder vote. Yeah, so they still have to do the proxy work. They've still got to do the uh, the vote. Uh, so, you know, has he been toying with everybody the whole time? We don't know. Or is everybody reading too much into his tweets? Remember a few weeks ago he said, hey, you know, everybody picks apart every word that I use but I'm usually sitting on the, the toilet when I do it. And he said, don't, <laughs> don't think too much about it. That, that, you know, I, I tweet and I just think something is funny or it's on my mind. But what he did today, no matter if it was sitting on the john and tweeting because it was on his mind or if it was something more strategic, he tanked the uh, stock price Twitter by about 10%. Tesla fell is what he does, but he's saying it's on hold at the moment. And he wants to know about the bots, and then he'll decide what he's going to do. All right. Uh, Alex Stone, our ABC News correspondent. And, uh, Alex, okay, there are so many different questions I have uh, regarding this. First of all, uh, why would we want to limit the bots? Why does he care about that if he's so concerned about free speech? If I program a bot to say what I'm thinking, is that not an expression of me, the programmer? Wouldn't that be within my free speech rights, provided I'm not committing fraud or something of that sort? Why limit the bots? It's simply an extension of a programmer's free speech. Well, it's a couple of things. One is advertiser-wise that, as he mentioned, you can have one person who has... 100,000 accounts, and okay. so you've got the, those 100,000 are not real, and so you don't know what the real numbers are. Um, bots have been a pain in his butt for a long time. Uh, there's that bot that I mentioned that tracks where his plane goes and automatically lets everybody know where he just landed and where he is. He hates that bot. There are the Russian bots that now we know messed with the election, uh, you know, what, six years ago now? Um, yeah. So there are a lot of different ways that, that this can go on, of influencing things, of 
uh, messing with people, of making people believe something is much bigger than it really is, that if you think that there are millions of people who are promoting this political idea and they are computers just automatically doing that um, or bashing something, changing public opinion, it can be a really bad thing. And we know that there are a lot of bots uh, on there. So the, the influence can be really big. It can be advertisers. It could be his own annoyance or it could be fake influence in this world and there's a lot of it where you say wow look at all these people going to this rally or for this cause and it is a russian or somebody in the u.s programming it to look that way uh, of a million fake twitter accounts well and that's a problem and then and he says we yeah. need to get rid of it so alex i guess uh, the advertiser standpoint uh, it makes sense to me the rest of it seems like a contradiction to me uh, everything you said by the way alex i agree with I'm just juxtaposing that to what he said about freedom in the past and how we should have unlimited speech. And if he's concerned with uh, too many people showing an undue influence, what about one person who has an undue influence when they're doing some, some poopy Twittering? Uh, because he has more followers. Well, that, so, that, that's true. I mean, you could, you could argue, yeah, absolutely, you could uh, yeah. argue that as well. And, yeah, but he's saying that, that if it is somebody who has... Uh, yeah, the, their sole goal is to sit in uh, St. Petersburg or, or in Moscow and uh, act like that they are um, in the politics uh, of the U.S. and organizing and going for a certain candidate. That, that, that that's a problem. But you know, I mean, he's been into the freedom thing and whatnot and bringing people back. Bottom line, though, Chris, he's having a lot of influence even yeah. without having to own the company. They're making changes right now. There, there's a hiring freeze. Executives uh, have been toying with leaving or leaving. They, they've been unfreezing things, talking about policy changes. Even if he were to back out right now, he did. He made changes at Twitter yeah. and, and is freeing it up in that way. The other thing, though, is some of the analysts are saying this is a move to, um, to toy with, with Twitter. Maybe it is. But, but some believe that this is to bring down the price tag, that he made it less uh, of a lucrative company today by bringing down the stock price, um, that, that maybe he doesn't want to pay $44 billion. Others are saying, no, he's doing his due diligence to know a company that, that he's about to buy. Others are saying that this is him bailing and that, that we are beginning to see it right now and that maybe he never planned on going all the way through and now this is his out. Just real quickly. Sarah Silver, financial professor in Connecticut, this is her take on it. I think this is a pretext for getting out of the deal. It's, it's simply not credible that he didn't know this was an issue. He's a very sophisticated investor, and, and this has been a problem disclosed in SEC filings for years. And she says billion dollars that he actually would make out in the end that this was a money-making uh, prospect for him, that even if he has to pay a billion, that he withdrew knowing that, maybe knowing, that it could have known that the stock market, I mean, look what's been going on with it. Price of Tesla has gone down even likely would have without this. Uh, he was able to, to pull out a lot of money uh, of Tesla shares uh, when the, the price was high to, to then put the money toward this. So in the end, her take on it is, well, he won. He made money on this even if he were to bail right now. She says, Twitter, we know not a great investment when you look at it on yeah. paper. Maybe he wanted it for the, the name or as a toy or something else. Not a great yeah. investment, so it would make money to, to bail on it. But we don't know what he's going to do. I'm fascinated by all of it. Alex, great reporting as always. Have a great weekend there, my friend. Look forward to seeing you. 
You too. Thanks, Chris. Later. All right, pal. Alex Stone, our ABC News correspondent in L.A. You hear how uh, Deborah? I just told him I look forward to seeing you? Yeah, I've never met Alex. Yeah, I've never met him. No, I just want him to think that I'm the guy driving by his house every day. (laughs) He sounded a little perplexed. I thought maybe you guys were having uh, a barbecue or something. Yeah. Uh, Okay. All right. Uh, You're just showing up at the house here? No. That's a little creepy. I know, but he's one of those guys, like, he's a celebrity I want to be my best friend. Yeah, but then I know how it is when, you know, you've been, like, before, Deborah, you've been out before, and somebody is, like, way too friendly with you, and, and yeah. they're like, we can be best friends. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. But that's me with Alex Stone. I'm like, Alex, you will be my best friend now. Let's let's be best friends. Come over and hang out. Please come over, Alex. Let's have a pool party, please. <laughs> well, you, bo- uh, you both are very nice guys. I'm sure you get no, along you. very well. You're very nice to me. All right. Uh, from Musk and his uh, tech woes to the crypto woes in just a moment, Chris Merrill in for John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on your iHeartRadio app. Hey, Chris Merrill in for John and Ken, KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. I just, uh, just saw that uh, Fred Ward died. Oh, that was a guy from, um, I know him from Tremors. Uh, not Kevin Bacon, the other guy, right? Remember the movie Tremors? Um, he was in The Right Stuff. He was um, he was one of the, the convicts that escaped in, uh, in uh, uh, Escape from Alcatraz. That was the Clint Eastwood Alcatraz movie. Uh, anyway, he just died, 79 years old. Uh, yeah, he played Gus Grissom in the, in the Right Stuff. I liked him. He just passed away. He was 79. Statement to to the New York Post by Ward's representative said that the actor died on uh, May eighth. No cause, so I guess he didn't just die. Uh, no cause of death was given. So there you go. Oh, that's too bad. I hate it when uh, I hate it when uh, we lose those those fun actors. Mm. Ah, life stinks that way. I know. I know I'm getting old when, when we have somebody who's an older actor passes, and I go, oh, there'll never be another one like them. And I and I look at the younger generation of actors, I go, oh, they're all punks. Oh, none of them could ever fill his shoes. Er, they couldn't do that. Er, they're all punks today. Eh, everybody's a punk when they're in their 20s and trying to act, and then they grow up, and then they become those legendary actors. But, you know, I'm a grumpy old man now, so I'll never see the people who are in their 20s today grow up to be 79 years old, so... As far as I'm concerned, God, we lost a good one. We'll never replace him. Grr. Speaking of young people, uh, I'm not that old. Uh, mid-40s guy, right? And I was into the crypto a few years back. Uh, so I do have an understanding of the blockchain and the cryptocurrencies and things like that. Um, I lost some money in crypto, uh, to be perfectly honest. Uh, the reason I lost money in crypto if I can sort of rationalize, uh, was that I was doing some mining. And I know some of the guys around here, are, they know the cryptocurrencies pretty well. I was doing some mining, uh, and so I was paying uh, a lot for mining equipment. That's how you make the, you make the cryptocurrency, basically. And, um, uh, and then I was selling it at the time rather than banking it. I should have banked everything that I was mining at the time, but I didn't. I was selling it uh, to try to to try to play the crypto market. I should not have done that in hindsight. shouldn't have done that. Uh, then the other thing that happened was my wife said, stop it. And so I said, okay. And I sold all of my mining equipment. And then, uh, and then I liquidated uh, most of uh, the cryptocurrencies I had at the time. So and now I have, you know, it's like the point zero zero whatever amount of Bitcoin that I have, like, uh, you know, a couple hundred dollars worth. Um, so had I held on to and continued to be mining, some of the stuff that I had would have been worth quite a bit of money. 
uh, it's sort of uh, it's sort of like uh, listening to, to Pops when he used to talk about having baseball cards as a kid back in the fifties, and then we look at how much those baseball cards would be worth today, right? It's similar to the situation where I go, man, if I had held on to this, then I would have this much today, but I I don't worry about it too much. I do, however, still keep a side eye on what's going what's going on over there with the cryptos. What's happening with those cryptocurrencies? Uh, as of right now, the cryptocurrencies are. <laughs> Yeah, they've gone to trash, man. Uh, it's not been good in the crypto markets. In fact, here, let me pull up the, the stuff that I have right in front of me. I, I still have the apps on my phone. So let me see. Uh, Bitcoin right now is below 30000 In perspective, Bitcoin was up over 60000 uh, last year. The price of Bitcoin plunging to its lowest point since 2020. This from the New York Times. Uh, Coinbase, the large cryptocurrency exchange, tanked in value. Cryptocurrency that promoted itself as a stable means of exchange collapsed. I think that was Luna, right, fellas? Luna dropped like more than 99%. It's it's under a dollar now or something? Or is it under a penny? And it was, it was in whatever it was. It was crazy how much it dropped off. Uh, more than $300 billion wiped out by a crash in cryptocurrency prices just since Monday, this week alone, $300 billion lost in cryptocurrency. According to the New York Times, crypto world went into a full meltdown this week in a sell-off that graphically illustrated the risks of the experimental and unregulated digital currencies. True. Uh, the moment of panic amounted uh, to the worst reset in cryptocurrency since Bitcoin plummeted 80% in 2018. I got in as Bitcoin was on its way up, and then it started to drop, and I thought I was doing fine, and then it dropped well below what I was was purchasing at at the time, and then I made the mistake of selling, because my wife told me I had to. Uh, I blame her. I should not have sold it. Shouldn't have sold it. I would have had, I, I, I wouldn't have been rich or anything, but I would have had uh, enough money to be able to buy a used car, okay? Uh, but I sold it off. Uh, instead of doing any dollar cost averaging or anything else that I know from basic investment, freaked out and I went this is too unproven and I got out so I paid the price for it critics say the collapse this week was long overdue some traders compared the alarm and fear to the start of the 2008 financial crisis according to an analyst uh, who covers crypto companies and uh, financial technology at some fancy uh, company says uh, this is like the perfect storm during the coronavirus pandemic people flooded into virtual currency 16% of americans now own some up to one uh, up from 1% in 2015 so 16% of americans so this for those of you that haven't been I'm wasting my time. No, no. It's a sizable number of people that have cryptocurrencies. Many are adding them to their their investment portfolios, and some are even adding cryptocurrencies to their retirement accounts if those retirement accounts offer that. Could be your 401k, and if your employer allows for investing in cryptocurrencies, you may have some crypto in your retirement accounts. The trouble is, in my opinion, witnessing this crypto stuff, is that most people who are investing in crypto... Uh, consider themselves to be almost day traders. There is a certain mm, excitement. It's like a drug watching that go up and down. And if you've ever day traded stocks, uh, it, it's the same feeling. Only your swings are massive in cryptocurrencies. Your ups and downs could be 5%, 10% a day. You don't worry about it because tomorrow will be another 5%, 10% another way. So while we see the stock market and we go, my God, it's the biggest loss since 2020. The Dow dropped 1,000 points. And we all freak out. We go, oh, my gosh, this is terrible. And we go, how much was that? They go, it was like 2%. Uh, okay, it was a little more. It was like 3%. Okay, but 3% is considered a, a slow day in cryptocurrencies. 
So you got a lot of inexperienced investors who I think are being taken advantage of by a lot of more experienced investors. In the same way that we saw that happen with GameStop and uh, and the, the, the stocks that were going on a couple of years ago, that's what's happening in the cryptocurrency world as well. So for those of you that want to get into crypto, you better know your stuff. Because if you're a noob, you're going to get eaten. Even if you think it won't happen to me, you're going to get eaten. Meanwhile, state of California has more money than they, know, than they know what to do with. I'll tell you about that next. Chris Merrill in for John and Ken. KFI AM 640, live everywhere in your iHeartRadio app. It's Chris Merrill. I am in for John and Ken today. Uh, KFI AM 640, more stimulating talk. And is it good news or is it just... Uh, I don't want to be the Debbie Downer on this, but... How in the heck did we end up with a budget surplus of $97.5 billion? It seems like somebody forgot to carry the one during some of their budget discussions. So we have a bunch of extra money. And it sounds like that would be super great. Governor Newsom just unveiled a revised budget plan of just over $300 billion for the next fiscal year. Wait a minute. The next fiscal year's budget plan is $300 billion. And yet, somehow this year, we have an extra $97.5 billion. So, we misestimated the budget for this year by a third? How is that? How is that possible? I mean, I'm glad we, I'm glad that the, the miss was to have a surplus, as opposed to the miss being that we would be in debt by that much. But, holy cats! Even earlier this year, they were saying it would be like a 40 to $55 billion surplus. Total amount ends up being $97.5 billion? All right, send it back. I'll expect my check in the mail. That is the highest in state history and fueled by surging tax revenues. And California is now entering the next budget year with a record-smashing surplus of $97.5 billion Ugh. after the state collected $55 billion more in taxes than officials expected in January. Newsom said one of his top pr- budget priorities is providing people relief from inflation. The state legislature has until the end of June to finalize the budget, which takes effect July 1st. Okay, so Governor Batman said because he looks like Bruce Wayne. Yeah. So Governor Batman says that he he oh our big concern here is that we have to take care of the inflation. Inflation's going wild. Uh we got to take care of inflation. I am here to save the day because I am Batman. Thank you. So, uh end result uh, nothing. There is no end result. He says the top priority is is inflation budget priorities is providing people relief from inflation but your priority just a few months ago was providing relief from gas prices and as we discussed earlier on the program today gas the average price of gas right now is 587 a gallon uh, is that is that i know that nationwide we set a record earlier this week i think nationwide uh, it was something like i don't know Four, eh, it'd take me a second, I can find it, but uh, 487 or something like that uh, nationwide. And obviously, California is always the highest in the country. So, yeah, we're always going to pay more than that. So, the, the national uh, average price of gas set a record this week. Uh, Deborah, we've been higher on average, haven't we, in California than 587? Or is oh. this a record? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah I was going to say because I mean it was it was just a couple of months ago that we had. And if you go to, to Brentwood or wherever, then you start seeing the, you know, the place that's charging seven bucks a gallon or something ridiculous, which I don't, nobody's stopping there. How do any car stop? If you have so much money, this is where I would sh- this is where I would pay the seven dollars a gallon. First of all, if the if they're charging seven dollars a gallon for regular unleaded, then the premium unleaded was like almost eight dollars a gallon, right? So if if I live in that area, chances are I'm driving a vehicle that uh, requires premium fuel, and that means I would be paying the eight dollars a gallon. Now, for me, if I had the money, which I don't, but this is the way I think. If I had that much money, I would definitely spend it at that gas station. And do you know why? Why? Because nobody else is going to be there. So I got the place. To, I don't have to wait for a pump. I don't have other people driving by. The only thing I have to worry about is the news vans that are taking pictures of the sign and then some doofus reporter coming up and going, Yeah, we're live outside of the Brentwood gas station where gas is at $7 a gallon, sir. Why would you stop here? And I'd say, because I don't want to talk to people. That's why. I have so much money that you go to bed every night praying to be me, and I wanted to be here because of the privacy. I figured everybody else would stay away, but lo and behold, here you are, channel, fill in the number. That would be that would be my downside. But I don't have that money, so instead I'm, I'm out there clipping coupons. One of these days, one of these days I will. One of these days. What is, where does Bill Handel fill his, uh, <laughs> his gas tank? Oh, he has somebody do that for him, though, doesn't he? Mm, I don't yeah. know. You know, that's the other one, too. In all seriousness, that's the other thing, is that for a lot of these people, they're filling it up with somebody else's card. So they don't care. So they're going to go to that gas station that's that's charging 7 bucks a gallon or whatever, and they don't care. They're putting it on somebody else's card. It's the company card. It's, uh, it's uh, oh, my daughter's so excited. She got her foot in the door. She got her foot in the door. She is the part-time personal assistant to a supporting actor in a in a major television show. <laughs> like, well, that's awesome, sweetheart. She goes, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. I just do whatever he tells me. <laughs> All right. Well, you, you, I guess you're, you're making your bones. Good for you. She's so excited. She's like, I'm part of the Hollywood scene now. <laughs> sure you are, part-time. Yeah. Otherwise, oh, wait, are you you're sounding like your dad now. I know, you're right. My dad would be like, Rory, you're wasting your life. Otherwise, she's still a barista. But that's all right. I'm excited for her following your dream. I'm not telling her it's time to give up on your dream like my father would be doing. He'd be saying, you should Well, be she is a lot things. younger than you, Chris. Yeah, and I'm prettier. Yeah. And a lot prettier, too. Mm-hmm. You know, she's got, uh, she's got a whole life ahead of her. She's got that appealing face. Like, I walk into a place, and they're like, Eugh. Eugh. I do think I could be like that. Uh, this is always my dream, Deborah. I went to school for theater. I always wanted to be, I always wanted to work in Hollywood. You did. I always, yeah, I did. I did. Um, I always wanted to work in Hollywood. I always wanted to be an actor, and it's what I went to college for. And then I ended up in radio, and uh, and I always thought I could be the the brute because mm-hmm. I've got the face. I've got the I've got the whole look for like the brute. Uh-huh. You know, I could be the character actor. I don't have to be a leading man. I know. Look, I got the chops. I could be the leading man, but I'm never going to be the leading man. Let's get serious. So, right? what have you Let's... done? What have you done to try and get into acting? Uh, well, I got into radio. Okay, but it's always been yeah. your dream, and since yeah. you were complaining that you're just my father talked me out of it. He's, you okay, know, my but, father talked me out of that dream already. Okay, but you know what? 
Who now he's talking me out of this one. Well, uh, yeah. If you don't need a job, then right. You can... At least in radio, I got my SAG card, so I was able to flash that to some of the people I went to college with, and I said, "Ha ha! Do you have your SAG card yet?" And they go, "No, no, they don't." So I feel like I'm closer than I've ever been right now. <sighs> I think days? you need to go after your dream, Chris. You can do both. These... <laughs> you can do radio, and you can do yeah. the acting. Yeah. I should do I should do one of those shows where I'm the radio guy in a movie. Oh, there like, you go. Uh, oh, that's brilliant. I was so jealous of of Tim because I watched Licorice Pizza yeah, because he's a stud. of Tim. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, he was so good. He's a big movie star now. He is. He's huge. I saw him in that movie too, Licorice Pizza. I was so impressed. I really was. Yeah, like, he did he a great in, job. He did fantastic. Because you know what you know what the hardest thing to do sometimes if you're uh, if you're acting is. Uh, is to fill that character and and be in a character that is so different from yourself. Now I, I happen to see some of the Tim Conway where he's he was sort of you know, he was an okay guy at, at, at the beginning and things like that. You know and he's 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 all right. You know, but you meet Tim and Tim's just such a want to shake your hand, want to give you all the attention. You feel like a thousand bucks when you're around Tim, and he was so able to sort of be the character that had that sort of uh, je ne sais quoi. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is what I say when I don't know words. Uh, he had that, uh, that that comes from the real Tim, but then, uh, but he was able to kind of kind of bring it down for the camera. And I was like, wow, he really did it. such a fantastic job, so good. I was so impressed. I was so impressed. So yeah, well, let's see. I'm jealous of uh, I'm jealous of uh, uh, Handel's money mm-hmm. and Tim's success. Oh, Chris. You know, we need to get you some help. You need an intervention. We we need to do something. Uh, I need for a shrink. You. you do. I need a shrink. Is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah that's exactly what do. I need. All right. Uh, so anyway, uh, back to the whole point here. Uh, budget surplus, and nobody's doing anything to help us out. But we paid uh, one third more in taxes than we needed to. So that's what we got going for us. Uh, I'm going to do something I don't normally do in just a few moments because uh, normally when President Trump says something goofy, I just uh, shake my head and I go, "What is he thinking now?" Uh, but now it's coming to light that he had some really outrageous ideas. I don't necessarily hate the concept. I don't think it's practical, but I don't hate it. I'm going to share that with you next. Chris Merrill in for John and Ken. KFI AM640, more stimulating talk. Hey there, John and Ken Show. It's Chris Merrill in for the boys. Uh, KFI AM640, more stimulating talk. The former president finding out about some more things that happened uh, while he was in office. And we know that President Trump, love him or hate him, you have to agree. The guy said some pretty dumb things. Right uh, when he was uh, getting light inside the body, eh, you know, have to explore that uh, antiseptics or bleach or whatever, and just you kind of went, what? What are you talking? What? What? And then when he was using the sharpie to draw the potential route of the hurricane, you went, what? What are you doing? And then he talked about dropping a nuclear bomb inside a hurricane, and we also what? What are you, what are you talking about? So. Along the line of the hurricane uh, conversation with President Trump, uh, Rolling Stone is reporting that two unnamed former senior administration officials and a third person uh, briefed on the matter uh, told Rolling Stone that Trump bought, uh, excuse me, brought up a supposed secret technology that would allow China to create sizable hurricanes on command and launch them at the United States. So he was very concerned with weaponized man-made hurricanes from China. 
A former president asked about it repeatedly during his first year in office, according to the report. A question came up sporadically until at least 2018 before Trump stopped inquiring about what some began calling hurricane guns, or they were just joking about it. Uh, saying, uh, excuse me, a former Trump official said it was almost too stupid for words. Intimately familiar with the then-sitting president's inquiry, uh, I did not get the sense that he was joking at all. Another former senior advisor who claimed to be present when the president asked about the hurricane guns said Trump wanted to know if the technology existed. Uh, One guy in the room responded, not to the best of my knowledge, sir. I kept it together until I got back to my office. The official said, uh, I do not know whether the then president would have heard about that or where the president would have heard about that. He was asking about it uh, around the time, maybe a little before he asked about people nuking hurricanes. Okay. Uh, Let me just throw this out here. While I think he's nuts, um... It's not the first time that we've had uh, government officials that have inquired about using weather as a weapon. It's not too outrageous for the president to wonder if there are advanced technologies, and he's thinking outside the box, are there advanced technologies that other countries may have created? In this case, he seemed to be particularly worried about China. China, I don't know why. Uh, But if China didn't have the technology, maybe he was wondering if that's something that we could do. Uh, no, it's not. But I just want to, listen, I don't hate this this line. It seems absurd, but how many times have wars been won or lost based on changes in the weather? I mean, the, the Weather Channel loves to run stories about how World War II would have been different had it not been for this. Uh, it, we have other, uh, other storms where, or other um, uh, weather conditions uh, that could have altered uh, the fate of history, including Washington crossing the Delaware. Uh, the British didn't think he could do that. He would do that. Ah, it's too cold. He's not going to do this. He's, 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 uh, there's no way. He does. And he wins. Right? Weather plays a part in battle, so it's not too absurd for a president to say, "What's going on with the weather? Is there any way for us to turn this condition into something to our advantage?" I don't hate it. Except that with him, I kind of wonder, did the question sort of get ramped up when he found out that hurricanes couldn't be bombed out of existence? In other words, if it was in his mind, President Trump thinking, oh my gosh, Jaina has uh, hurricane guns uh, where they can just uh, spin up a hurricane and throw it at us. And we can't do anything about it because maybe he was thinking, well, we could always defend ourselves using nuclear bombs. But now he's thinking, oh, no, we can't even stop the hurricane using nuclear weapons. So now we're just sitting ducks. And then he gets out his Sharpie and he draws, uh, oh, these are the areas where Jaina could attack. I, it's hard to say what exactly goes on in that mind. But I, I, I have to defend the guy. And I don't do this very often, to be honest. I, I really did not care for him as president. Uh, but I got to defend the guy and say that, exploring different tactical advantages or having a concern over a potential tactical weakness does not make a bad leader. There are plenty of other things, if you want to be critical of of Trump, there are plenty of other things to be critical about. Absolutely. No problem. I just don't think this is one of them. I'm kind of fascinated, actually, by the idea of us being able to control the weather. And let me point this out, too. I think that at some point we will be able to better uh, control the weather. 
I don't know what that po- when that point is going to be. We've been working on different uh, means of cloud seeding and, uh, and control measures, all these different things. There are scientists right now working on ways to control the weather simply in response to climate change. So it's not crazy for the president to say, is it something we could control? Is there somebody else working on this? Like Jaina. Because if Jaina has the technology, is it something that could pose a potential threat to us? Now, maybe he should have just accepted that the first time somebody said no. Um, you could argue about that. I don't hate it, though. I just don't hate it. Speaking of controlling the weather, wouldn't it be nice if we could? Wouldn't that be fantastic? Wouldn't it be glorious if we could say, drought? Not in my California. Sadly, we've yet to get to that point. Which means drought is coming. Drought is here. Drought is going to get worse. More fires more conditions are we ready based on the latest uh no not even close that's next chris merrill in for john ken kfi am 640 more stimulating talk and everywhere on your iheart radio app hey ken did you know that gold is the only currency that's held its value since the dawn of money well i did thanks to our friends at legacy precious metals the most trusted name in gold investing investing in gold protects you against inflation and gives you a hedge against stock market volatility. Don't leave your retirement to chance. Call Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or download your free investor's guide now at buylegacygold.com. That's buylegacygold.com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists. Like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.